Tangerine Raptors basketball on TS. The, the harmonica's awesome. Like, only Bruce Springsteen can get away with. You ain't a beauty, but hey, you're all right. Thanks, bro. <laughs> like, thanks so much for that. Uh, Julie Cherry, Mike Slides Stefano. The boss. With you on Slides Leafs Lunch. And on the phone, we've got the host of the Blue Crew podcast, content creator for BR Open Ice, and, and someone who's probably patiently awaiting 5 o'clock for when Patrick Kane can officially be traded, Johnny Lazarus. How's it going, Johnny? First of all, I've been listening to the entire show today, and I'm a diehard Bruce Springsteen fan, and Thunder Road is like the song of my family, so the fact that I'm coming into that is just incredible. And I am fantastic. My screen time today is going to be 24 hours, all on Twitter, <laughs> so it's going to be a long day. Yeah, you're going to have to get the blue light glasses rocking or something by the time 5 o'clock rolls around. What is the buzz in New York, though, like, Johnny? Because it's, it's kind of an interesting one. Is it going to feel like kind of anticlimactic when the deal actually happens because he's kind of penciled in on the Rangers roster already? I mean, like, it's so hard to explain because, you know, this has been going on for like five days now where I've been hearing so many things. Other people have been hearing other things. Like, this deal in my mind has been done already for five days. So, like, I've been working, like, on the line chart for the game in Philly tomorrow, the game against Ottawa on Thursday. I actually got my tickets Thursday night, like, thinking that it's Kane's MSG debut. And there's maybe, like, the 5% of Ranger fans that don't think it's actually going to happen, but... This has been the worst kept secret in all hockey, I feel like. Everyone knows he's coming, and if he doesn't come, then what happens? Is he getting surgery? Like, you know, he, he's going to be a ranger. I have no doubt in my mind. Yeah, I think it's 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 almost a foregone – it's a formality, really. Just got to wait for the cap to work. Like, they were doing some ridiculous cap gymnastics over the course of last week, from trade away crabs off, putting decision on waivers, sending Brendan Schneider down to, to the minors, like all to make this – cap work like I, I i don't think i've ever seen such insane gymnastics made to to get a deal done like this and it's crazy i think it's only like ten thousand dollars ranger fans would have just venmo the league <laughs> <laughs> it would have been insane so patrick kane though like where where do you see him fitting in in a new york rangers uniform you talked about how you're already starting to pencil in your lineups and whatnot so like where's his best fit I think it's pretty obvious playing on the line with Panera and Trotrick right now just makes the most sense. You can probably switch him, uh, you know, in, on that Sedan line, but you got to keep him with Panera, right? Like, that's the whole reason why I think he's coming. He's been very vocal about that. Panera has been his favorite line mate that he's ever played with. And, you know, the only concern I have right now is the power play because that power play one right now is pretty stacked. And, like, throwing him on there, like, how could you not put him on there? But the whole power play right now is basically finding Mika Zibanejad for that one-timer or, you know, Adam Fox walking the blue line looking for Kreider's stick for a deflection. You know, Tarasenko, Hedl, and Trotrick have all been in the bunker spot. But they haven't really used that right half wall with the lefty yet. So I don't know where Patrick Kane's really going to fit in. I mean, having there, you know, Panarin's been in that spot. He's a righty, so he's somewhat more of a threat coming down on his strong side. It's just going to be interesting to see how it works. But, I mean, I can't think of a better one-two power play unit punch in the NHL right now. No, yeah, it's probably true. Uh, with Johnny Lazarus right now from BR Open Ice. So when the rumor on the street was it was down to Toronto and New York when it comes to Patrick Kane, Toronto, or the market at least, was viewing Patrick Kane as kind of a luxury ad. Like, 
you're not going to th- empty the cupboards to get him, but obviously be sweet to have Patrick Kane on your team. Is that kind of the way that New York is viewing this as well? Like he wasn't the number one have to go out and get him, but Patrick Kane wants to come to New York, so you've got to get him to New York? I mean, you basically just took the words out of my mouth. Um, you know, how could you pass up on a guy like this, especially, you know, arguably the best American born forward to play the game that wants to come play for your team and wants to bring a Stanley Cup to your city and has done it three times already. So I don't think Patrick Kane, you know, if you asked me a year ago, I never would have said Patrick Kane was a necessity. But if you can add him and not sacrifice much of your future, how could you turn that down? Like, that's what I don't get, you know? Yeah. And there's still fans who are against it. So are they done then, Johnny? Like, I, I've seen fans, like, probably the same fans you're saying are against it, wanting a defenseman still. Like, is there still more moves to be made after this gets done? I think there could be a little bit of a tiny move, but I still don't really know what that is. The only thing I actually thought could change was after Ingram went down, maybe the Rangers shift their focus into a Jacob Ingram, but I don't see that happening. The Rangers' defense is, is very interesting, right, because... They're not necessarily so young. They're also not necessarily such a veteran group. But they went to that conference final last year, so they have the experience under their belt. But there still is a lot of concern about the blue line. Like, they do look sloppy at times. They're not super consistent. Sometimes they can be guilty of being a little bit offensively minded, especially with Fox and Miller. And then you have Truba and Lingard on the back end, and, you know, they're tough as nails, obviously. Sometimes they can even be a liability. So I think it's, it's very interesting right now with this blue line, but I think you know, your best defense is a good offense, right? And I don't think there's a better offense on paper than the Rangers if they get Kane. I mean, that top six, like, all six of those players could be all-stars. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Like, that would be just an unbelievable offense that they could put together. There's really no holes there. I mean, once Lindgren gets healthy, that's an extremely deep lineup. We're with Johnny Lazarus, host of the Blue Crew broadcast and uh, with BR Open Ice. And I'm curious as to, because here in Toronto, like, we already know what the first-round matchup's going to be. It's Tampa-Toronto. Mm-hmm. In New York, it's kind of the exact same thing. It's it's most likely going to end up being the Rangers and the Devils. It's maybe not as set in stone as Tampa-Toronto, but it's the most likely scenario. So when you're looking at the deals that were made to bring in Tarasenko and to bring in Patrick Kane, like how does that help them get over the hump and, and beat New Jersey, who also added Timo Meyer and have been uh, very potent offense themselves? It's actually so funny that you say that, too, because I think once the Devils added Meyer, then the Sears, you know, had to go out and get Kane, too. Like, you know, what you could, I could do better, some, some sort of thing like that. Uh, you know, it's, it's funny to think about those teams going at it because in my lifetime, and this has been a huge argument on Twitter today, actually, a lot of Rangers fans sometimes think that the biggest rivalry is with the Islanders, but in my lifetime, it's always been with the Devils because the Rangers and Devils have always been good at the same time. Whenever the Islanders are good, the Rangers aren't. And whenever the Rangers are good, the Islanders aren't. So they haven't really matched up in a postseason, at least since I've been alive. So the biggest rivalry from my childhood was always Rangers against Marty Brodeur and the Devils. And, you know, a lot of the players that we've had in our podcast, the Blue Crew, uh, on the Blue Podcast Network, shout out to them. You know, Scotty Gomez, Brendan Dubinsky, Sean Avery, like, they all hated the Devils. And when I asked them about, about the Islanders, they were like, the Islanders were irrelevant when we were on the they weren't there. We went to Nassau Coliseum, and it was point night for us. You know, like, that's just that's how it was. So uh, I think the Rangers-Devil rivalry hasn't necessarily been as heated maybe in the last three or four years because the Devils have had a little bit of a drop-off. But I still think that is far and away the number one rivalry in this area, and it's just going to be revamped this postseason. And I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a little terrified in the stands 
uh, at the Breda Center, even the Garden, because there's going to be 10 times more of a fight in the crowd than there will be on the ice. Oh, yeah, that's going to be gritty. Uh, don't you find it a little tragic, though, Johnny? Like, this whole thing in the East is, is so exciting. I like the way people are calling it an arms race, because that's kind of what it feels like. Everybody's loading up their, their tanks and such to go to battle in the postseason. But is it kind of tragic out of Tampa, Toronto, New York, and, and Jersey? We're going to lose two of those teams in the first 12 days of the playoffs? It's so horrible, yeah. and if it's dangerous, I'm going to cry. <laughs> I, I mean, You're like, going to cry. Not, I'm going to cry. We can't go on the radio again after another first-round exit. Yeah, this guy was in a conference well, final a year yeah, ago. The Leafs haven't like, been out of the first rounds and so forth. Come on now. <laughs> Full transparency, I, along probably most hockey that like you know doesn't have a rooting interest in the playoffs is probably rooting for a Rangers-Maple Leafs conference final. Like, how cool would that be? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you, Gary the would be happy with that one. The two most self-involved, most giant fan bases oh in hockey going toe-to-toe. The, the, the networks would be ecstatic if that happened. It would be insane. I, like, part of me, because I actually, I love the Leafs. Like, I love Marner. I love Matthews. Uh, you know, those guys have been fun to watch since they've entered the league. Like, if that were to happen, a part of me, like, wouldn't be so sad. It would be nice to at least get their flowers. You know, like, I'm, I'm, I'm fully open to that. But, you know, I still would be a little heartbroken. The East, I mean, listen, I've actually, uh, you know, one of my friends, Max Coulter, actually, who played hockey at UConn, he brought up to me last week at the West, you know, similar to Colorado last year, they sweep the first round. I think they win the second round of six games and sweep the conference final. Their path to the final wasn't necessarily so difficult. They were pretty well-rested, I think, going into that series against Tampa Bay, who had a really tough first round against Toronto. So they don't necessarily cruise past Florida in that sweep, but they put in four games. And then a pretty tough series with the Rangers in six. It's going to be a similar vibe, I feel like, coming out of the West. Whatever team that is, I don't think they'll be as battle-tested yeah. as the team that comes out of the East. So it's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out. I'm curious. You said, uh, you know, big fan of Toronto and what they've done. How do you assess the, the ads that the Maple Leafs have made, bringing in Ryan O'Reilly, Jake McCabe, Lafferty, Nolachari? From uh, an outsider's perspective, I'd be curious to get your thoughts on, on how well-equipped this team is to make that deep postseason run. I mean, I don't think you can question Kyle this anymore, right? He's he's all in. I mean, they've been pretty much all in, I think, for the last two or three years. But adding a guy, Ryan O'Reilly, and he's been obviously incredible since he's entered. And then you know, Noah Chari's not a guy to sleep on. Sam Lafferty, you know, a great guy in the penalty kill, just adds a lot of team speed. Jake McCabe, another solid guy in the back end. And you know, I heard Cole talking about him before. Seems like a great guy, uh, well-beloved in the room and everything like that, too. So that just adds for the morale and whatnot. But... For me, you know, like, I, I guess it's like this narrative in the least, but I think as a hockey fan, it's such a hard team not to love. Like, you know, they have a bunch of good guys, it seems like. The, the way they play is so fun and exciting. Like, Mitch Marner actually tweeted it. Uh, <laughs> the Toronto game and the Rangers on TNT, like, about a month ago, I tweeted, like, in the first period. I love watching Mitch Turner play and then Marner's the overtime. So that I got a lot of spirituals for that one. But, um, you know, they're just so fun to watch. It's so dynamic. And I think all the moves they made are just proper pieces of the puzzle. Like, not necessarily a huge fish, but all those little pieces, like what Colorado added last year and Pagliano and, and stuff like that, that'll just help, you know, get this for the hunt.
Yeah. Well, you got some one-on-one time with Willie earlier this year. You got oh, yeah, to do a little skate around with him. Strange concept. Yeah, I know. He never comes and hangs out with us. Twelve Timbits is soft to you, Johnny. Like, what? What's when you put in work with Timbits? Could get could get to like twenty. Wait, what happened? He said he said what? Like you asked him how many Timbits he eats, and his answer was twelve. The most, the most in one sitting. I also forgot to mention you, Andrew. He's a stud and great guy, and that was a really fun day. Who can't dump um, me a full yeah. twenty box in one sitting? Like, who can't do that? <laughs> what do you mean? He said twelve. You know, you know why I'm not in the NHL? Because every night in college, I'd crave an ice cap and twenty timbits, and I'd take it to the <laughs> space, like get me out of shape. I kind of respect that as an American. It was still post game Timmy's. Oh, always. I mean, actually, my Saturday pregame before, like our video Saturday mornings, I go to Tim Hortons to get the farmers sneak in three uh, timbits. Get a nice cap and go to the rink. That Dude, was my Saturday routine. That is so Canadian. It's almost weird. Okay, last one about Willie before <laughs> we let you go. His reputation this year in the market has really changed. Like this year, Willie, I don't know if you know this, gets dogged on in Toronto all the time. There's one specific clip from the playoff series last year against Tampa where he's kind of dogging it coming Made back. A business mm-hmm. decision, as it was coined. Yeah, like he, he, he gets dogged a lot in this market. And this year, he seems to have gained some new respect from. Uh, local uncles in the GTA who who think he's gained more of a defensive game. Has his reputation outside of Toronto changed at all, or has Willie Styles just been highly regarded uh, throughout his career? I mean, I think everything, you know, we hear out here in New York, and obviously his dad was a pretty good player for the Rangers. Like, you know, Rangers fans would love to have a guy like Nylander, not only for his on-ice play, but his off-ice swagger too, right? Like, there's not many cooler guys in the league than right. Nylander. You know, he's got the style, you know, both on the ice and off the ice, and like I said, in, in meeting him, he was super nice. Like, not only did we chat for a couple minutes, but he was asking me questions, like, about my life, which, you know, is always really cool for uh, NHL players because they're human, like, at the end of the day, right? And, um, you know, I think, obviously, Toronto is a really hard city to play in and kind of, you know, taking that by storm here, right? He's got, what, 33 goals this season, um, leading the team, I think, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yep. Yep. Good day. Uh, but... No, I, I think, uh, you know, he, he's definitely ignoring the outside noise. I actually asked him off the record, like, if he's checking and stuff, and he's, no, I don't I don't check. So I think that's, like, a big thing, too, right? Like, the less you hear, maybe the more confident you are. Um, but, man, what, what fun to watch and definitely love to see. And that's another 88 I'd love to see in New York. <laughs> Keep your hands, all right? You can take Patty Kane. William Nylander could stay in the six. We spent like about 15 minutes one day talking about whether or not William Nylander would give up 88 for Patrick Kane. I know, and I, I don't know what the answer would have been still, but uh, it doesn't matter because now he's on probably going to be in New York. He's not completely in stone, but it's there's a good solid blue it's pen. It's in pen, yeah. It's in pen at the very least. Uh, Johnny, really appreciate taking the time. It was a fun chat, and hopefully we can do it again soon. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. And I promised Anna Dua I'd give her a shout-out. So shout-out to Anna Dua. Anna Dua's the best. Went to school together. What a queen.